Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Howard Blend, and welcome to Howard's Blend. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Howard's Blend plant-based protein powder with 20 grams of protein per serving to help aid in recovery from life's ups and downs. It is available right now on my website, www. Howardsblend.com, H-O-W-A-R-D-S-B-L-E-N-D.com, just like the podcast. We have the 30-gram single-serving sample size and the big dog, the one-pound, 15-serving size bag. So if you're looking for a new protein powder to try and you're willing to try a plant-based protein powder, head on over to the website right now and pick you up some. I will be forever grateful. Thank you very much. In this episode of Howard's Blend, when did you get started in weightlifting and why? Was there like a life experience that you went through that got you into weightlifting? Um, My first time ever um, just touching the weights, I was, I think I was about I would say 16, 16, 17. Um, you know, just like any other teenagers, we started off with um, buying a set of dumbbells. So trying to do some push-ups at home. And I remember, you know, one of those infomercials, the six-second abs. It's from like a long time ago. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember it, but I remember seeing those guys with like those nice abs. And I thought to myself, like, whoa, if I get this six-second ab machine, it'll help me build some abs. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't as easy as it seemed. Well, ogly dogly folks, welcome, welcome to the Batcave Studio, only for the introduction to this episode and the outro to this episode. I recorded the episode you're about to listen to, and if you follow me on YouTube and on social media, first, thank you very much. The video version is from the conference room, this is what it's called of my apartment complex. I needed somewhere where I would not be bothered by a two-year-old Sammy. So I interview Mr. Albert Shao, Shao Fitness. He's a professional natural bodybuilder, so bodybuilder right up my alley. As all you guys and gals know, I was a bodybuilder when I was a teenager before I got sick. Loved the sport of bodybuilding. So I figured I would reach out and interview and pick the brain of a natural professional bodybuilder. So just some of the things we go over in this episode are how he got started in weightlifting and then eventually how that turned into going into bodybuilding, his experience with his first contest for bodybuilding and when he turned pro, and his future plans with bodybuilding and his professional life in his family life now that uh, at the time of this recording, he has a little baby girl. So he's got a boy right about my son's age, two, and a baby girl. So congratulations to Albert and his family. You can find Albert on social media, Instagram. It's at Shao Fitness. It's S, if I can talk right here, S-H-A-O-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. -S. It's the same with YouTube. And you can reach him by email if you're interested in online coaching because he does have 
an online nutrition and training coaching business at shoutfitness at gmail.com. All the links to his contact information will be in the description of the show. So sit back, relax, watch and or listen to the interview. I think it was really good. We went over a lot of information. Definitely we'll have Albert on again to pick his brain some more, talk, talk some shop some more. So enjoy. Thank you very much. Well, all right, Albert, thank you so much for joining us today on Howard's Blend. And I'm just going to jump right into it. First of all, we just talked about right before we started recording, I know you through a mutual friend, Hussein Abdullah, who has been on the show, Howard's Blend, man, like now, well over a year ago, is on the show. So I met you, follow each other on Instagram, and you're a bodybuilder, you're a professional, natural bodybuilder. And I used to be a bodybuilder as a teenager, as everybody knows. You listen to the show, I've said it a thousand times. I figured it'd be great to have you on to talk about your experience with bodybuilding, mindset, etc. So thanks for coming on today, sir. How's it going, Howard? Um, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm really glad. And thank you so much for your care package. Um, you know, I know I thanked you before, but thank you again for your Howard's Blend Protein. Um, I did try it out. and I did like it. It was my first time actually trying out the plant-based protein. And I'm going to give it a two thumbs up. And I'm still saving the other packet for a review on my YouTube channel. So look out for that. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words, man. Thank you. So first off, we're going to kind of go in chronological order here. When did you get started in weightlifting and, and why? Was there like a life experience that you went through that got you into weightlifting? Um, my first time ever, um, just touching the weights, I was, I think I was about, I would say 16, 16, 17. Um, you know, just like any other teenagers, we started off with, um, buying a set of dumbbells. So trying to do some pushups at home. And I remember, you know, one of those infomercials, the six second abs, it's from like a long time ago. I don't know. I don't know if you remember it, but I remember seeing those guys with like those nice abs. And I thought to myself like, whoa, if I get this six second ab machine, and it'll help me build some apps. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't as easy as it seemed. And it wasn't just about the working out aspect. Um, so then after that, a little bit after that, it was that summer, I remember, because I was working at a summer summer camp. And I was about 17. And I went to a local Models to buy my first set of dumbbells. Still in me. I went and took the train there. And I didn't know it was heavy. Like, I just wanted dumbbells. So we bought a whole set. And I'll never forget the gentleman that rolled out the dumbbells. He was like, hey, where's your car? And I was like, I was going to carry this home. <laughs> and he looked at me and started laughing because I was really skinny at that time. And I remember I had to call my dad. And, um, you know, he drove it home. Fortunately, everything worked out. And I started doing the basic bicep curls, a lot of bicep curls, and some push-ups and sit-ups. Um, my first time in a gym was I was 18, my senior year of high school. My cousin was in the Marines, and he would come back from time to time from North Carolina. And he was he was four years older than me, and every time he came back, he, he was able to get access to the Army base to work out. So he was able to bring me in, and he always looked out for me. And he was like a big brother, so he was always like, hey, you want to come check out the gym? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I was excited because it was my first time, but again, just like anybody – else's first time it was really it was intimidating you know when you go into the gym a new environment not knowing what to do 
right? And then you see these older people there that's looking pretty serious. But um, I was fortunate enough to have my um cousin really show me the ropes. Um, again, he, I remember it was like a pop quiz. I remember every exercise we did, he'll kind of just like randomly ask me like, hey, what ex- exercise did we just do? And <laughs> it was hard. You know, I, I felt kind of like overwhelmed because we did a lot. So trying to remember all the names was kind of hard. But um, I think once I got that, um, later on, around like a few like a few months later, I went to like a local um little little convenience store, and they had those like muscle magazines. And I remember I bought one, just my first one, and and then that was it. Like it was like a magazine that showed me like the basic movements, and you know the typical magazine that's like, hey, if you drink this NitroTech protein shake, you're gonna gain 20 pounds of muscles. So I think after that, I just started really going a lot. I remember I joined my first gym a few months later. Um pretty close to my high school. So after school, my friends and I would go and we just started lifting. And again, I was fortunate enough to have my other friends that, um, you know, my two buddies, Andre and Eddie, they've, they've taken weightlifting class in high school. So they had more experience than I did. Cause I only went to that gym like once or twice with my cousin. And, and of course, like they would just show me around and it was, it was fun. Um, after that, I just got hooked, you know, like it became more like, um, it was like an endless chase kind of like you start seeing a little bicep peak and you're like, wow, okay. I want to, and then when you see your friends noticing it and you're like, okay, I feel good. I'm doing something right because people is noticing like I'm gaining something. And then, you know, I would just always go to the gym after school. And that was like my routine. I remember I was so like, I was pretty serious about it. And like, I wasn't serious like to a point where I competed in our local high school shows, but I was serious in a point to that. I would, I was committed to go every day. I remember I was late for my high school graduation because I went to the gym early in the morning to work out. And then I went to a local GameStop to buy some games and some movies. And then I went home to get ready to take a shower. And I, I kind of missed the walkout, but it was all right. I mean, I still got to take pictures of my family, my friends. But um, yeah, I, I think that's how I really got started. My first time really int- being introduced to the, the gym, lifting weights. That was it. Well, thankfully, you had like a a mentor in a sense in your cousin uh, from the the military helping you out. And uh, see, the question I wanted to ask when you got the weight set, the Models is that like a sports store? I, I, we don't have that. If that's a store, we don't yeah, have so, that here in Texas. Yeah, it's kind of like um Dick's Goods, but just smaller. Um, they're pretty much unfortunately they're like out of business now. Yeah, but they sell like clothing, um, sneakers, any athletic gear. Like if you need a basketball, baseball gloves, hockey pads. They sell everything there. So it's a little um, sports store. Now, the question I have, was it the Weeder sand weights that you bought? No, they weren't. They were, um, I believe they were called caps. Because I remember you had to like unscrew the metal ones. And they're like little plates, the caps um, dumbbell set. I think they might still have like that that company brand. Um, it wasn't too expensive because I remember... Um, Maybe it was a little bit expensive, but I, I was just so into it, and I just spent the money. But I, I just felt like it was affordable. I was a kid at the time, and I remember getting paid in summer camp, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just go buy you know, a set of weights and start lifting. Damn, man, it's an investment in yourself. So, uh, yeah, because I remember when um, my dad, he helped me build a garage gym when I was really getting into it. You know, I had the, uh, what was it, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Encyclopedia Bodybuilding and I was like, oh, this is Arnold's routine. I'm going to follow his exact routine. And no, that didn't, didn't work out too well. But 
we had the the weeder sand weight where you pick up the plate and you turn it and you could hear the sand like shifting around if you broke it like the sand would come out and it was in like little pellets or something that was uh well it's it's a story for another day i'm um you're the inter interviewee so focus on you <laughs> so i guess the question is from when you started at 16 and then you went to with your cousin to the military base and then you joined the commercial gym if I got right, I was looking over your Instagram. Was it twenty? Or was it twenty sixteen? You first competed, or when? When did you first compete in a contest? Um, my first season was twenty sixteen. Um, it was April of twenty sixteen. Now, so what was your? I guess the point of that question is, what was your experience with contest prep? I'm assuming since you had your your cousin and then you had your friends who also you took the weightlifting class with and you're reading the magazines and I had I had stacks of magazines I wish I still kept them but uh you know I'm sure you read about like the the rigors and I guess the horrors of contest prep what was your experience actually going through the contest prep for the first time um so it's it's funny that you asked because I always I always enjoy telling my story because I feel like at that time when I first when I was into it and even from like 20 2005 to 2007 um I was really into it because I went from high school to college and I was still going to the gym um the access to information was very different to what it's available out there today. Um I feel like you know back then the, the only resource we had was magazines or like the encyclopedia, which I still have, and um, bodybuilding.com. Yo, yes. I remember they had these Bob Chicarello videos, and I remember I was just, I used to love watching his weekly series, um, because he would interview like you know, um, IFBB pros. They'll he'll give like tips on how to train, um, diet, and I remember he was eating this big, um, he ordered this big tub of egg whites, um, and I was like, wow. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like paying 50 bucks for egg whites and I don't have to crack any eggs and I could just like measure it. And, and, and it was hard for me because like I said before, the, the, the access of information was very different. So like, you know, back in the day, it was very old school. It was like, you know, in the morning you just eat oatmeal, you eat your egg whites, you know, don't eat too much with um egg yolks because you don't want your cholesterol to be too high. Chicken and broccoli with rice and, um you know, some steak. So the, my problem at that time, I was eating that stuff. Um, I did get big, but eventually, um, what one thing I noticed was I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So what happened was like I was eating the surplus, but I didn't know this at the time because I was just eating chicken and rice, a bowl of oatmeal every day, you know, drinking my three protein shakes in between. And what happened was I realized I didn't realize I was eating in a surplus calories. So I was eating a lot more than my maintenance. So eventually when you first do that and you first start lifting, your body's going to get bigger because it's not used to that, um, you know, the, the activity level and it's recovering very fast. So what happened is when you're doing it for too long, you start putting on some body fat. It's inevitable, right? So I remember I started um, getting a little bit chubbier. So I went from looking skinny to skinny with some decent arms to a little bit starting putting on body fat, like, you know, my face. And um, I remember, you know, at the time, I was just chasing the weight, the weight on the scale. So, you know, and it wasn't until 2007 when I saw um, this 
person, Lane Norton. First, and I also watched his video. The series was called um, A Life of a Natural Bodybuilder. And and I at that time, I was like, whoa, what is this natural bodybuilding? And I remember it was like, you know, he and he started talking about tracking macros, flexible dieting. And um, that really changed my life because that's when I started to know that it's possible to compete naturally. Um, cause I always want, I, I was always like impressed by like the bodybuilders, but I think part of me just never really wanted to take the enhanced route. Um, a part of me just wanted to challenge myself and do it naturally. But of course, if I didn't know there was natural federations out there, then, you know, I wouldn't be chasing the stage, but, um, it wasn't until 2007 when I noticed that these, um, you know, Lane Norton, his friends, um, competing in these natural shows, these natural federations, and they looked amazing. I mean, like they were like really shredded. And it was it was like no drug use, and I was very intrigued by that, and I was very um impressed. That's when I started following his um his routine, his eating, his training. But again, um, it wasn't. I followed some part, but I didn't hit well other parts. So when you track your macros, you have to track your um calories breakdown, which is um proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So my problem was I was just tracking protein and carbohydrates. But fats actually has more um, calorie intake, like con- like it's more calorie dense. So I was eating like probably like 100 to 200 grams of fat. And I didn't even notice because I was just looking at like, you know, oh, I'm going to eat a Angus burger from McDonald's after the gym because it's 26 grams of protein. Well, you know, so I just kept eating and eating. And again, <laughs> it wasn't until my friend um, Eddie was looking at my arms and he was like, it was like, bro, your um, your arms are getting fat. They're getting flabby. <laughs> and I remember I was like, I was like, not really. They're still good. But um, then comes 2013. Um, Matt August, YouTube. That's when it started really, because YouTube came out around I would say like 2006, 2007. People started, you know, slowly putting videos. But 2013, I don't know how, but I stumbled across two natural bodybuilders. One was Matt August, and the second one was Chris Jones. And Chris Jones was really cool because he was very animated and he was very basic and simple. Um, he really focused on like, you know, not buying expensive food, just using basic, you know, sweet potatoes, you know, using a George Foreman grill um, with uh, chicken breasts. And I felt that that was, you know, that I could relate to that, you know, because I didn't have the money to buy expensive food. I wasn't a great cook. I'm not a great cook now, but I wasn't a great cook back then either. So the the much simpler it is it was, the better it was for me. Right. So um I started watching their series, their videos, and they started contest prepping. And I remember they were eating like very unorthodox food for bodybuilders. So like they they would eat chicken, they would eat rice, but they were able to fit in like ice cream, um, some candy bars and yogurt, granola um crackers so i was like whoa that's pretty cool you you can eat all this stuff i mean they weren't eating like nonstop, but they were, they were showing the viewers how to really track it and how to fit it into your um caloric intake so um i think it was until 2013 that year um i was working i remember that was my first summer where i did a very successful cut my first great cut i remember i lost i was 166 pounds and um my wife, at that time, she was my girlfriend. We went to um, Dominican Republic, Punta Cana. And I remember we went, to, we were just hanging out by the bar. And 
I had these guys just coming up to me asking me how much I weighed, that I look great. And I was really light. I was like maybe like 162. And they're like, no way, you look bigger. And then at that time, um, I felt great because that was my first time really cutting on my own. And I saw my abs. So I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And then fast forward to 2014, um, I followed this guy, online coach, the online coach, Raymond Corretto. And he's another fitness um, YouTuber and influencer. And what happened was at the time, he wasn't as mainstream as he is now. So again, it was just really nice to see someone um, grow their channel. So because you get to really grow with them, you see how things change. So I was following his fitness journey and then he started talking about reverse dieting. So that's talking about slowly um, adding more calories back into your diet to hit maintenance and slowly go back into a surplus so that you can actually put on some muscles. So at the time, I'm slowly learning that it, it took time for a natural bodybuilder to really put on um, decent size. So I did of my first bulk, which was from 2014, I would say to 2015. And at that time, I started grad school. So I had no desire to diet because I knew it was going to be stressful. So I just kept eating. I just made sure I ate in a surplus and trained very hard. And to like, even though I, I didn't look lean, I was still fluffy. Um, I was still pretty dense feeling and I was pretty strong. And I knew that underneath that fluff, um, that's where all that magic was happening. And I knew, and I already knew that in order, when you start dieting, you're not really building muscle anymore. You're trying to retain as much as you built um, over the off season. So um, it wasn't until, and that was when, you know, Hussein and I, we, we got together because we worked together. And I remember I was a new teacher and he was my mentor, who was my math coach. And, you know, he was like, hey, I want to work out too. And I remember that summer, I was like, hey, I'm going away to Disney World. And I was like, I'm coming back July. And he was like, hey, um, I'll give you a call and we'll link up. And now again, a lot of people always say that. And it, it just kind of like people get busy and they forget. But he was actually on top of it. Because when I came back, he actually hit me up. Like, literally, when I said I was coming back on July 7th, he messaged me July 7th, like, hey, when are we going to start? And I was like, wow, okay, cool. So then that's how we really, our relationship started really, um, we getting, started getting closer. Uh, we started training. And, you know, he wanted to lose some weight. And I was helping him out. And it was fun. His body was transforming. And, you know, you know Hussein. When he, he's really dedicated to do something he's super focused he's hyper focused and like to a point where i need to tell him to hey it's okay if you take a day off it's okay but um and it was great because as we're talking about my experience my first prep that's when i told him i want to do a show and i think what made it really enjoyable for me and fun was because i had a great support system uh, my family was always behind me but i think at the time my girlfriend my wife now my girlfriend and my friend eddie and Hussein, we used to go to the gym together all the time, like after work, on the weekends, and we all trained together. Now, we didn't always just do the same thing, but like we would go together, and if we, some of us work together, and if we need a spot, we'll help each other. And it was just really fun. Um, I think I actually hired a coach um, at the time because my buddy, he, he did a contest prep. Now, it was nice because I saw him do three, he went to three coaches. One was a very old school coach that was, he worked at our local gym. Um, very old school, meaning like, you know, he'll just tell you to eat oatmeal, um, take away carbs, but he wouldn't tell you how much, right? Because like if I, he would say like, eat a fist of rice, but you know, your fist size might be different from my fist size. So that's a different portion size. But, um, 
And then he actually hired Lane Norton for his second coach because I actually told him about him and he hired him and he came in looking super different. Amazing. And I was following his journey. And, you know, because it's always nice, like I mentioned earlier, it's always very fun to watch somebody grow and watch somebody change. It's, it's amazing. Like if you see them from starting from the bottom to doing it, it's it's fun. And then later on, his third year, he he hired another coach, Christopher Barakat. And at that time, he was he's younger than me. So at that time, he just started out. But my friend looked even better. And I remember I was shopping around for I was looking around for a coach, but I didn't know who. And then he was like, why don't you give him a shot? You know, my friend Corey was like, give him a shot because he knows the stuff. And I, I said, you know what? If I saw how great my friend Corey looked and if my friend Corey recommended him, um, I'm going to give him a shot. So I linked up with Chris. And again, he's a flexible dieter. But he's also at that point, he was a, a grad student. Um, You know, he does a lot of research with um protein synthesis and, and really just into science. Like it's, and and he's a, an outstanding coach now. Um, he's a big influencer, a big coach, um, on Instagram. And he has like, it's really again, I'm very happy for him to see his business grow. And my first experience with him was, he really helped me out a lot. Um, because at that time, even though I went to my friend's show, um, I watched videos. It's very different when you do it yourself. It's very different. Um, you know, and it was just really nice to have a support system like. My friends, my family, a great coach, and just really going through the process. Um, of course, I had to do my part, you know, which meaning like I had to follow the plan, right? Because, you know, no plan works unless I do the work, right? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger can create a diet for me. He can come ring the bell, and if I don't open the door and go to the gym with him, it doesn't matter who's knocking on the door. Exactly. And um, I think it was really fun because I had Hussein, um, my girlfriend, everybody just rooting for me, and they saw my body change. And and I respond pretty well um, at that time when I was younger. So my body responded pretty well. I started losing weight pretty fast. And, um, you know, towards the end, it was really fun. Um, but again, as fun as it was dieting, I think the harder part was what to do after the show. So there's something called um, post-contest blues. So basically, like, you know, because I was so focused in contest prep for like about six months, once you finish your show, the main question is now what? Mm -hmm. What's my purpose now? Because I'm no longer dieting for a show in my mind anymore. Now what I'm going to do? So um, I made a lot of mistakes just my first year. I was just like, a, I just started eating, binge eating everything. So I remember my first show, it was in Ro Rochester. Um, Hussein actually took off from work with me to drive me. He was nice enough to drive seven hours. Originally, yeah, the okay. plan was for us to do half, half, halfway each, you know, between us. But because I had to eat a lot of carbs and drink a lot of water, like two days before the show, he was nice enough to drive all the way. Um, and again, it was a road trip for like, you know, my friend Eddie and my girlfriend at the time, too. So it was really fun. And um, I think after we, I finished my show, I just really wanted to celebrate with them. And I think that's one of my first experience at, with my prep, having a great support system and having a coach that really fits um, what you're looking for. So I made sure that um, Chris was a flexible dieter because I knew like if I was to diet the old school way, six meals a day, I wouldn't be able to like stick to that because mm. that wasn't how I lost weight back in 2013. Um, but the great thing is Chris is also very um, into 
like bro foods. So he's kind of old school too. He's very into eating whole foods, making sure you get the perfect um macronutrients, perfect micronutrients from fruits and vegetables, and not just eating like you know like Snicker bars or ice cream. So he wants you to make sure you have like good calories as well. So I think that really taught me a lot as well. So um that was my first prep. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That was great. Yeah. When you mention it, uh Lane Norton, I remember him and I remember the the uh bodybuilding.com. It looked completely different than what it is now. And I would I was doing internet tech support and I remember there was this one guy, I forgot his name, and I just I really wanted a physique like him. So I would read everything he would do. It was his routine, his diets. It was almost like a um like a blog site at the time that people would just post like, this is what I do. Yes. This is what I do. And it didn't really yes. have much in terms of supplement sales back in what I, from what I remember of it. But uh, Chris Jones, I believe he's here in Dallas. I believe he lives in Dallas. Yeah. I remember him was yeah. it curls for the girls and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. remember, and then Very Matt catchy. Ogus, he had a uh, Ogus cake, but he made his little Ogus cake. That's right. <laughs> that was when I first saw him Ogus at the end. Oh, but he, that, he has, Matt Ogus has the best squat form I've ever seen on anybody. I mean, it's like he's doing this heavy weight and it's like perfect. I'm like, I can't, it's like a 10 out of 10. I can't see anything wrong. You know, some yeah. people, they get the uh, butt wink or their knees cave in. It's like, oh, yeah. he's perfect on it. They're, they're really strong, perfect. And um, I think Matt Ogus was the first guy I've seen that was like super, super shredded. So there's a difference from being lean. And being shredded to a point like you look like an action figure. And I remember I was like, wow, this guy looked amazing. Um, and you know, he he's a big advocate, support, supporter of um flexible dieting, but he also eats a lot of whole food. So it, it's not just like, you know, junk food or processed food. He eats like big giant bowls of salad, you know, lots of rice, a lot of chicken. And I think that really taught me that, you know, it's up to me what I want to fit in. So it's not just like like a super strict diet plan. I just, you know, I had to be, make sure I hit the numbers and um, have some micronutrients, you know, make sure I get enough rest. And then that was it. And everything would just fall into place. I mean, everybody's, everybody's different. So that's what works for you. So, and that's important what you mentioned about getting in the micronutrients, just because as you mentioned, the Snickers bar can fit in your macros. Well, there's plenty of people that look great on the outside and they're inside. It's, it's gone to crap, pardon my pardon my, my language there, but yeah, it's gone to crap. So you mentioned uh, earlier when you were getting started, I think it's on your first diet, when you were bulking, you were taking protein she shakes every day. So what sort of supplementation were you using when you did the contest? Only the protein shakes or were you doing creatine or anything else? So it was very interesting. So again, when I was younger, um, you know, the magazines always say drink creatine, you'll gain this percentage of, you know, 10 pounds in two months. So I would buy like the expensive stuff from GNC, they're like $50 a tub. But when I met Matt Ogis, um, you know, Chris Jones, when I started watching this stuff, online coach, they really, I really love them because they try to make it as simple and it's as affordable for anyone. So they're, what they preach was consistency with you in the gym, with you eating your meals. They weren't necessarily like, hey, the first thing you need to do is buy this expensive protein. It was like, hey, if you can hit your protein by eating whole foods, 
you don't even need protein shakes. But they're saying like, you know, supplements are just supplements. And I, exactly. I took, really took that in because my mindset started shifting. So it went from I must buy these expensive stuff, expensive supplements to like, hey, they're just here to supplement my daily needs. Um, so I do take I did take creatine year round. And um, I know there's people saying like you shouldn't take a year round, but I take a uh, creatine monohydrate and um, it's a purest form of creatine. And it's only like $20 for like a tub and it'll last you for like a year or two. And, and again, it's only like about five grams. So it's like very, the scoop is very small. It's flavorless. Um, I took protein. I took a lot of pre-workout. So um, I'm not much of a sleeper. Um, never have been. And However, that's something I'm really trying to work on now, just to improve my sleep. But again, with the with a two year old <laughs> and a little one on the way, it's definitely not something easy. Uh, um, it's hard, but I'm still that's something I'm always trying to work on. Um, improving my sleep. Um, you know, I, I did eat a lot of whole foods, but my first season, I I did more of a, like a flexible dieting approach. So I was just so into the fad, the, meaning like I could fit in these little candy bars. And don't get me wrong, I got super shredded, but I also I was never satiated towards the end of my prep mm-hmm. because I was really, really depleted. And at that point, you know, a Snicker bar is about 30 grams of carbs. And, you know, you'd rather have a Snicker bar or would you rather have a bowl of rice? So it's like, what's going to satiate you more, right? And I think um, this comes as I did my second season, I started to add more whole foods in. I still have my little snacks because I'm a huge snacker. But I focus more on whole foods. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, I can't disagree with you. I mean, heck, you're you're the expert over me. So yeah, to me, it's like if you take a Snickers bar and then like a big bowl of rice. I'd rather have the big bowl of rice. I'm not much of a sweets guy, anyways, or snack guy, anyways. What pre workout was your favorite, or if it, it is, it still your favorite if you still use them? Oh man. Um... I've gone through so many over the years, um, and I have a lot of like my my coach Chris Barakat. He's affiliated with um, Legion. Um, I have other friends that were affiliated with Nutritional, um, and that's one of like the bigger ones. So the thing with Legion, it's it's that they're very clinically dosed. Um, you know, they don't give you too much. Whereas um, Core Nutritional is like something that has tons of caffeine and it'll hit you hard. Um, to be honest, when I first took the um, core nutritional one, everyone said it was great, but I honestly didn't like it as much. I felt like it was all right. You know, it was expensive. So that was like a, you know, an offset for me. But I felt like there was other things that I took that was like a better bang for the buck. So I, I remember buying a lot um, C4 from Costco. Oh. I remember C4 was about, I don't know why they always get like a bad rep, but for me, I felt it. So um. So I remembered it was like $30 for like two tubs. And I was like, whoa, what? that's a great price, right? Because I take it every day. And for me, like that really worked for me. And it was cheap. It worked. I felt it. Like I felt a little tingly and, you know, I was able to push hard. But um, currently I haven't taken C4 in a long time. Um, I took the Legion one. That was okay. It wasn't that bad. Um, But the, one thing I did like was they had a caffeine-free one. And so I usually train at night now. So Taking that was great because, you know, I was able to sleep because sometimes when I take too much um, pre-workout at night, like even though if I get home from the gym at like around 10 o'clock, my mind is still spinning. Like, you know, I'm exhausted, but I, I'm not tired enough to fall asleep. But right now, currently, 
I'm taking a sister brand of um, Core Nutritionals. It's called, what is it? What was it called? Um, It's a sister brand for sure. I think, but it's like super strong. It's like really intense. Um, One scoop is, it'll keep you up. Um, But for me, I think my body really acclimated and it's adapted to so much caffeine intake. Um, Throughout the day, I drink a lot of coffee, especially when I'm prepping. Um, when you're when you're hungry and you're tired, you just want to like, fill yourself up with coffee just to keep you going. Um, but um, I think right now Core Nutritional is one of my good ones. Um, that's when I buy when they're on sale or Tiger Fitness. Um, they have like a clash. The flavor was amazing. So for me, it has to taste good. Um, yeah. To me, like if it doesn't taste if it tastes chalky or if it didn't it doesn't blend well, um, that's something I don't really like. Or if it's something that might it doesn't sit well in my stomach because I do have a very sensitive stomach. Um, I'm a little bit lactose, so like anything like if I take protein concentrate too much, like my stomach will feel gassy. Which when I took the plant based, I felt good. So that was like you know, you know I'm always very worried about taking new protein, which I felt great afterwards. So it was good, good stuff. You know everything was good. it mixed well, so it was really good. And um, again, I I'm very open minded to try new things. Um, I remember my friend, my friend Eddie, at that time, he found this brand. It was like, he read somewhere, it was supposed to be like a crazy intense pre-workout and they give you free samples. And I remember he took it first and he was just sweating. <laughs> but I asked him, like, how was, <laughs> it's funny because I was asking him, like, how was it? How did you feel? Because at that point, it, it looked a little bit shady to me because it was just literally like um in a clear bag, little baggie, and it was just like pre-workout. And, and I was prepping for a contest so like in the natural federation there's certain substances that they ban not just steroids but like other other things that they ban there's like a huge list so mm. i couldn't risk taking anything that i wasn't familiar with yeah <laughs> i remember his response was this pre-workout gave me nothing but cold sweats <laughs> and a diet an upset stomach it was so funny but um Jesus. yeah i mean i'm very open-minded trying things um again it, it depends on like I'm not a guy that gets attracted to like a fancy company or a fancy label, um, because I see a lot of guys at the gym like you know anything that they see in a magazine they're like hey I got it you gotta try it out it's the best thing. I mean like I said, if I can give one recommendation C4 and everybody hates C4 but to me it was cheap I felt it and you know that's something that I I enjoyed and I really would rec- I would buy it if I see it on Costco right now for thirty bucks I would buy it but I don't think I've seen it actually <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, C4, it's the, the classic. I mean, other than if you want to go really old school, I used the original version of Ultimate Orange. Back when it had, they put oh. like ephedra in it. And I remember it tasting like tang, but everybody, but people that took it said, no, it tasted horrible. It tasted like ass. But uh, C4, I know that well. When I was working overnights as a network engineer, we'd go take our C4 to keep us awake to do the troubleshooting. But uh, I mean, I, I know of Legion. I like that brand. I think it's Pulse is their pre-workout. I need to yes, look up Pulse. Core Nutritional. I think I've heard of them before, but I'm not familiar with it. But um, I asked for a personal reason because I'm kind of in the process now of kind of formulating a pre-workout to make. So it's it's a uh, a selfish reason to to ask you for that. No, no, of course. Um, again, just make sure it's tasty. Yeah, and um, it's like a great blend. Um, and I, you know, I would love, you know, to try it out. You know, when you when you drop it the release um sure. but i think um yeah I, I just think to me like 
you know, some people don't even need pre-workout. They just drink a cup of black coffee and they're good to go. You know, so it really depends on the preference, I really think. Because there's, there, the reality is there's a lot of good companies out there. And, um, you know, it, it all depends on each person. Like, how much money can you afford to spend? How much do you want to spend? You know, like, do you want to take it a lot? Because I know some people, they don't want to take pre-workout. And that's okay, too, right? Because um, it's not like a, you must need this to lose weight or you must need this to gain muscle. So I think it's it's a, you know personal choice and it also goes back to what you talked about like with matt ogus and chris jones it's a supplement you don't need it i mean you don't need like one of the things i want to put in it is citrulline because it's good for pumps you don't need to have a pump to get to gain muscle i mean you could argue that oh yeah it can help enhance muscle whatever but it's not necessary it's a supplement to what you're already doing and one of the things that I get leery of making a stem bomb, like, you know, C4, they throw in all the caffeine in it, is that you become dependent on, I need this in order to go work out. And it's like, n- no, you shouldn't have to give yourself a bunch of stimulants. Who knows what your, your buddy took in the little baggie of like cocaine, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, it didn't work out too well for him. You shouldn't need sup- You shouldn't need all these stimulants just to go to the gym. You should be going to the gym or wherever to the ride a bike or whatever form of exercise works for you because you want to do it. You shouldn't really, in my opinion, you shouldn't really need stimulants in order to go exercise. Um, but I guess, yeah, we'll get, get back to this. So, um, when, uh, what year did you turn pro? I don't think I mentioned this, asked this before. What year did you turn pro? Um, I turned pro during my second season, which was 2018. Um, you know, things just, aligned um it was my warm-up show and um i did at that time it was the ngh jersey guard garden state i believe it was new jersey very close to new york um i remember i wanted to do, i always like to do a warm-up show because i always feel like it's nice to kind of break the dust off um i remember my coach chris was really worried about me doing it because as i mentioned before when i competed my first season after the show i, I just started binging and every time you binge it's like even if you were like ahead of the game it'll set you back a long way and i i think he was really um and he was really concerned because i i looked great i was really consistent um i I felt great and he was just worried that if i did that warm-up show i would kind of like just finish like you know binge and fall out from my main show my main targeted show which was the hercules in june um but i felt mentally strong at the time you know i was older I, I knew what it w- was um, at stake. I knew what I really wanted to do. So um, I did the show in 2018. Um, I believe it was in, I believe it was May. It was in May because the, my main show was in June. And I did my third show, my pro show in July, I remember. So it was 2018. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to gain, um, to earn my pro card, pro status. And with the... Uh... I guess what benefits does adding the pro status? Do you actually get paid for it, or what? What benefits does it uh, provide you that that you're pro? The first benefit is you go first in the show. So um, when you're an amateur, um, especially with a bodybuilding class, you're just waiting and waiting. I remember I was just waiting my first season. Um, I was like the last guys to go, but when you're a pro, you do go first. So you go out first. You do your um, pre-judging first, and then you do your routines, get the re- awards, 
and you're done and then it comes amateur but it's also um you do get you do you, you're eligible to earn money prizes depending on the, the show and the federations um the bigger the show so it's pretty much every year every it's an annual thing um you'll have these big world competition shows they're like they're kind of like the super bowls of you know bodybuilding like they'll have like the pro universe um the Yorton cup um ip worlds um wmbf worlds and these are like the biggest shows um because you have like top contenders coming from like all over the world competing and um you know that's something was really nice because i got to watch the worlds twice and it was amazing i mean seeing international bodybuilders um coming from like china japan korea you know spain the uk i mean i I think the bodybuilding in uk is just phenomenal like they're just like it's a whole different league out there and you know of course like you know us in the states it's just really nice to see and honestly at least in the natural bodybuilding community i feel like the community is so nice because you meet so many like nice um like average joe regular people with regular lives when i say this i mean like even though they're pros, they're not. Their job is not just to wake up, eat six meals, and go to the gym and go to bed. It's like their dads. They have real jobs, you know. They're teachers, police officers, students, doctors. You know, they have multiple kids, and I think that's something that's very um, empowering for me. Um, each time I see someone like that, especially parents, I see dads competing. Um, what I always try to do is to find a more balanced lifestyle, meaning like don't do not let bodybuilding take over my life. Um, meaning like I have to do what I do, but still be present with my family and friends. Meaning like I have to be around. I can't just shut them out because I have to train or I'm competing for a show. Like I, I could still enjoy, you know, um going to parties with my friends. Of course I can't eat the stuff they're eating, but I could still be present and not just necessarily walk around with like 10 meals and you know, a water jug, like I could be, you know, active. And I think um, seeing people do that at a high level, you know, earning, winning high level shows. Um, and it's amazing. And I think this is one of the only sports where you truly get better with age. Um, you know, your muscle gets denser. Time is your friend. Um, if you're gaining weight, if you're losing weight, you know, there's no, there's no fast track. Um, I don't care like how much what kind of a fat burn is you're taking? Because again, it's just a supplement. If you're dieting right, if you're allowing yourself enough time, you don't need a fat burner. Yeah. I, I think the fat burner is kind of like the icing on a cake to kind of like take off that extra last. Because the leaner you get, the more stubborn your body's going to lose those extra pounds because it's really holding to survive. Like it's like, I don't want to let go. And that's when you really need that um, fat burn to kind of help push. And at that point of your prep, each pound is like super visual because mm-hmm. like the first five, 10 pounds you lose, you'll notice it, but it's not like night and day difference. But yep. towards the end, the last five weeks, every little pound, you're going to see extra lines. You know, extra harder. Um, you'll, you'll get flat because they're really depleted. And um, that's when you really want to implement these types of supplements. You're not, it's not something you want to kind of use right off the bat. Like, Hey, I'm going to start dieting today. Day one. Let me just take my fat burner first. No, it should be like, let me wake up, get enough sleep. You know, eat a good amount of healthy calories, and then we go to the gym, drink some water, day one complete, and then it should be like that. That's a, a great philosophy, man. Again, 
Uh, there was a question that you are out of what I was going to say. Oh, yes, that was it. Uh, the testing for the natural bodybuilding. Now, when I first heard of natural bodybuilding organizations and leagues, their testing was just lie detector test. They would just ask you, hey, do you take performance enhancing drugs? Yes or no. And that would depend whether you were accepted or not. But for, for you, was it, were they taking urine samples? How were they, how were they verifying that you were indeed natural? So the polygraph is still in effect. Um, it's the first one. Now this is very expensive. So like if you, you if you're competing in different organizations, um, you have to buy different cards. Um, you know, like kind of like a membership fee, mm-hmm. and you do have to pay because certain federations have their own polygraph, um, testers. So like, so for example, if I got a polygraph test, um, two weeks ago, they say you're good within like I think six weeks so like if you compete again in the same federation within the six week period you don't have to get polygraph again mm. but some federations they want their own people but um that's the first step getting polygraph and um and again it's very intimidating yeah um <laughs> like sometimes they because they ask you some real questions and and they ask you hard questions not about drugs but like in life in general hmm. so questions like because they want to make sure it's working right so it's kind of question like have you ever cheated on a test have you ever <laughs> lied and called out of work so like you know in your head you're like oh man what should i do and yeah. and they ask you these real sensitive questions because they want you to see if, if you're lying or not and you know <laughs> yes i called out i lied and called out of work a few times but um you know and they're very intimidating and you know they'll tell you like hey listen like it's shown like i see movement just relax a little bit um but then the second time once you win your once you win your show um, they make sure you, they actually go with you, give you a cup and they take a urine sample. And then like, once you get your results and everything, then you're good to be a pro. Nice. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. I could, man, that's, but a polygraph though is so subjective. Cause even the reader, the person interpreting it, you know, it's like, they could say, oh, well, they're lying when you're not. And then like, as you said, you're yeah. really, really nervous. They're asking all these personal yes. questions and everything. So. And I guess they're doing the best of what they can. Yeah. Uh, what is, if, if you are planning to do another competition, I know, congratulations, you have a little one on the way. I believe it's a girl. And you already have your little boy, Noah, who's about the same age as my, my, uh, my son, Sam. Sam is 27 months old. So I think right about the same age. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so congratulations. Big, big congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. With all that going on. Do you plan on competing again? And if so, do you know when? Yes. So when I finished 2018, um, I'm a guy that, that likes to plan ahead. So what happened was when I went to the Worlds, um, WMBF Worlds, they alternate every year. So one year they'll do New York City, which is home. The next year they'll do like either California or Las Vegas, and they'll come back on the East Coast. So they alternate between East Coast and West Coast. So when I finished 2018, when I stepped off stage, um, you know, I knew I was going to take some time off um, because my wife was nice and kind enough to give me that season. Because when I finished 2016, I was like, I'm going back to 2018 because I needed to take some time off to rebuild and I'm going back on. And she was like, all right. And we got married at 2017. And she was like, let's do it. And then she was like, but that's where we need to start. We want to start a family. And um, 
so my goal was always to to start a family, have two kids, um, take care of whatever I need to take care of, and then jump back on. So I gave myself um a, a timeline, and I did the math. So like at that time, I was like, hey, listen, if I compete in 2023, it's five years off. The world will be back in New York City, and everything, the stars will align. And um, you know, a lot has happened within the last um few years. And it's funny, I remember my coach was asking me, when are you planning to compete again? Because I remember um this gentleman Jimmy um you know Alpha Designs photographer um really nice guy who was taking photos of my teammates and he was offering my coach was like do you want to get a photo shoot in um you know usually when you're you want to preserve all the memories you have because you're so like lean and it's not it's not an easy task and I remember I said I couldn't because the day they planned when I finished my my main show it was exactly Father's Day the next day mm. and I think um it's funny my first show the next day was mother's day and then the second show it was father's day and then the following week i had my pro show because i wanted to see how i would stack up and i remember i told my coach like, hey listen i really want to go but um it's father's day you know and and i'm a really i'm a family guy so like i really want to spend time with my family you know i want to cook for my family at the time and i was like i'll just take it next time and he was like when are you planning to compete again and I told him 2023 and then he laughed. He was like, that's so long, five years. And I, every time I tell somebody five years, they, they laugh because usually what happened is when you give yourself that far time off, things happen. Five years become six years, mm-hmm. six years become 10. Next thing you know, you're just like, Hey, listen, I, I just want to, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But, um, as of now, um, I'm planning to compete in 2023. Um, I'm still thinking about it. I still think about it all the time when I'm working out right now um, because I'm just really visualizing what I, what I need to do to improve myself. And unfortunately, in 2023, the world's not going to be New York City. Um, due to COVID last year, a lot of shows were canceled. Mm-hmm. So it's actually um, – it was supposed to be in New York this year again, but they're going back to the West Coast this year. Mm-hmm. So in 2023, it's going to be back in the West Coast. But – um. You know, it, it kind of worked out, too, because usually I'm planning to go for a long prep. So I was going to start prepping right after Thanksgiving in 2022. Um, usually I give myself 26 weeks, but this time I want to give myself more time. So I want to give myself, allow some diet breaks, because I feel like sometimes when, when things don't go according to plan, you want to give yourself more time. Otherwise, you stretch your body out a lot, mentally and physically. But right now, I'm planning to step on um, during the spring of 2023. Hopefully, things go well. I'll earn my um, WMBF from a different federation because that's the main show I really want to do. Um, and then I'll kind of take a diet break in the summer. And I've never prepped during the summer before, but I'm planning to do some fall shows too, like the Yorton Cup, um, maybe the Mr. America in New Jersey. I was thinking about that. That looks cool. And it's close to home. So nice. um, one thing is I can't afford to travel. Yeah. Just because it's so expensive when you're doing the shows already. And then I just want to um, I want to make it as easy as it is for my family. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want everybody like paying like arm and leg sitting there for like 12 hours just watching me. And, um, <laughs> you know, and again, I have a great support, like amazing family and friends, um, you know, amazing teammates that really support well and it, it's always fun um but i'm planning to compete in 2023 to answer the question awesome man i'd love to come see you then man it's been a while since i've been to a bodybuilding show i think the last one i went to was the um 
Well, the last really, really big show I went to was the uh, Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio in 2008. And that was actually when I first thought of like, well, the oldest memory I have of wanting to start a supplement company was when I was seeing all muscle tech was big. You know, they had Jay Cutler and, oh gosh, now my mind went blank of all the different people they have. Um, Dexter Jackson. Yep, Dexter Jackson. The Blade, that that was the year I think he, I think he might have won. He won that year. um, The Olympia, yeah. He's always won the Arnold. And and again, like to me, he's one of like the amazing, he's a GOAT because he's competing at, such an old age and still competing at a high level he's and won he like was, over 50 shows or something like just some yeah. ungodly number yeah but uh yeah i think what i remember from that show is that that's when they were still giving out a bunch of samples the uh the supplement companies i had three suitcases full of samples and i i couldn't finish them all and it's like there's so many of them they all expire before i could finish them it's just it was stacked up <laughs> but 2023 that's when you're next playing on doing it. Uh, so question more about like your, I guess your, your profession. Are you still a teacher? You said you were a teacher with Hussein. Are you still a teacher right now? Um, I still work in the same school, but I'm actually um, a school counselor now. So what went well in 2016 when I competed was um, I finished grad school and I knew I had time. And that's when things just really went well. Like 2016, I finished grad school. I did my first season. And then I think after my season, I remember I was in an office with Hussein and I was just sitting there and I was like super, I was on cloud nine. Like, you know, I finished school. I did well with bodybuilding. I finally did it because I was like one of um a goal of mine to compete. And I finally did it because I finished school and I had time. And I remember I was like, I think I'm going to propose. I remember Hussein across from me. Yeah, go for it. And we made plans of like, you know, checking out. Um, different rings and everything so it was and this is what i mean when you have like real close friends that become family and with supporting you you know um and it was amazing and i and that year i i went to antigua with um maggie and i proposed and and then when i came back and then um my principal offered me a job to transition from a teacher to counselor and i think that was everything just aligned you know everything went well you know very fortunate um but i still work in the school now and one of my things was last year, well, a few months ago, um, I was in a graduate program, and I, I went back for my leadership administration license. And that's why I knew I needed to take five years off, because I knew I wanted to have kids. I knew I wanted to take time off to kind of um, just enjoy life a little bit. I knew I wanted to go back to school. Um, I knew I wanted to start other investments with HA Homes. You know, I knew there were a lot of things I wanted to set in motion. And again, mm-hmm. I'm always very fortunate with um, the people around me. Um, I know Hussein says it all the time. He's like, you know, because I'm I'm so positive and, you know, positive energy attracts other positive energy. But I just feel very fortunate because I've, you know, Hussein not just only helped me, you know, with investments recently. But like, I feel like he's like a big brother that really looked out for me from my day one. Um, when I say this, I mean, like, when you become a teacher at that age, um, you know, I was single. I wasn't single, but I wasn't married. And, you know, when you make a lot of money, you just tend to just blow it all out. And Hussein was always – he didn't have to. He really didn't have to. And that's the thing about Hussein. He always helps out. He always looks out for people. He really took his time to tell me about my contribution, my retirement. You know, he's like, you know, I'll never forget what he said. He's like, you're not married. You don't have any loans. Just max out. 
max out and i remember and this is a true story i remember when i maxed out my check then they took away so much money per check i woke up one saturday the next saturday morning like kind of like bummed out i was like damn like I went from like $1,300 a check to like $900. It was a rough. And, but fast forward, time goes by really fast. And um, especially the older you get, the faster time goes by. Mm-hmm. And everything's good now. Um, you know, the nest egg is building itself now. And again, I always thank H. And even when, um, when my principal offered me the job, you know, she she gave me she know she was like hey it was my my year to get tenure so um I'll be a permanent teacher and I remember I asked Hussein like what should I do should I stay one more year as a teacher or should I take the counselor job and you know he was like just take the job because you never know what's going to happen meaning like you know the city might have hiring freeze and then he said that even if anybody wants to hire you it'll be impossible mm-hmm. so I listened to him I took the job I didn't get tenure as a teacher. You know, honestly, I I didn't think it was gonna happen, but there was a real hiring fee freeze, and they just lifted the freeze like maybe like like a month ago. Wow! And this was 2016, so this is what I mean Ooh. when H Hussein really looked out for me, like like he's like a little angel on my shoulder, just like really pointing me the right direction. Again, of course, he always says like you're you're the one that chooses to follow it or not, but mm-hmm. I just feel like if he never pointed me these options or showed me anything, I I wouldn't even really think about it, you know? So, um, you know, I'm always very fortunate. Like, he's definitely a big brother, and appreciate everything he's done. Um, I appreciate everybody, everything that everybody has done right now in my life, like, career-wise. Um, Just, I've been meeting, I'm fortunate enough to meet a lot of great, positive people in my circle. Yeah, I mean, Hussein, he's, uh, I've, known him not near as long as you have and not as as intimate in relationship but yeah he's he's a good man i call he's he gets a laugh at it because i call him a minch you know it's like yiddish but like <laughs> a good person so uh and i've also called him like a jedi he's like the master yoda because he's he is he's he's giving me advice in the short time he hit me up in dm and say hey howard i suggest you may want to try this or do this even yeah. when i invest with him he's like hey invest this way don't invest that way so yeah he's he's a a good person, a good man. Mm-hmm. Well, sir, that's that's pretty much all I had for uh, this interview. Man. Did you have anything you wanted to close with? Anything else you wanted to say? Um, I just want to thank you for really taking the time out interviewing me. I feel like, you know, it's something I always love. I love sharing my story because I just want everyone to, or the listeners to know that um, just because you're not there yet right now doesn't mean that you're not going to get there one day. So just keep working. Um, just keep believing in yourself. You know, there's life is going to be filled with obstacles and challenges, but um, at the end of the day, we're going to endure everything, and um, we'll all make it. You know. Well said, sir. Nothing else to add to that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, sir. We will keep in touch because I'd love to have you back on the show. And then, uh, looking forward to 2023, seeing you on the stage, man. So, uh, thank you again oh. for your time, sir. Thank you, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Howard's Blend. If you have any comments, questions, cheers, jeers, my contact information as well as where you can find me is in the description of the show. I also want to give a huge thank you again to Mr. Albert Shaw for being a guest on 
Howard Splint. If you want to reach out, get in contact with Albert, repeat it again. I said it in the intro, do it again here in the outro. On Instagram, it's Shao Fitness, same as on YouTube, Shao Fitness, S-H-A-O Fitness. And his email is shaofitness at gmail.com. Well, that's it, folks. I can't think of anything else. I mean, it's a great interview. Had lots of fun. Can't wait to talk to him again and watch his progress. So with that said, thanks again for listening. Let's go hit some deadlifts. (laughs) 